Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. And this season, the We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Well, 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 ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and anyone who falls anywhere between any of those labels, I have never, ever, ever seen hypocrisy like it in all my life. I'm on the way home from work. James Jones is getting into me in the WhatsApp messages after I told him we'd start the podcast at 6.30pm. Yeah, make sure it's 6.30pm sharp. I've got my missus getting into me about making sure I have dinner ready and on the table for her. When I come home, I'm getting it from absolutely both bells. So I log on, make sure I'm keeping James happy. I haven't ordered the dinner. James over my missus, that's a hierarchy of the decision I've made this evening. And shocker, I log on at 6.30 sharp, as James has told me. He's nowhere to be seen. James Jones, hello, welcome. Uh, I'm doing anything I can, as you can probably see, to talk about anything other than West Ham United and the opening gambit of this podcast how the devil are you i'm all right although you clearly didn't listen to what i said to you before we went live because we we, we both set up a studio at the same time so i'm sitting waiting in one you're sitting and waiting in the other Sounds and um, convenient it just yeah, it's still there i deliberately left it open so that when we do finish <laughs> this one you can still it's sitting there now waiting there's no one in it um but yeah but yeah beyond that beyond that i'm i'm all right i'm I've calmed down after um, the week's football. I think it doesn't just, seem like you have, James. Um, 
I mean, I just, just, just scratching my head a little bit. Uh, just wondering what the point of it all is at the moment. Mm. Um, but we'll get into that, I'm sure, in a lot more detail yeah. than that. Yeah, was well, a load of rubbish, isn't it? Being sick. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about. Well, I mean, I think we we did. Um, I don't think we deserved to win either of the games, but I don't think we were helped uh, either way by uh, VAR being there and VAR not being there um, mm. in equal measure. So, um, and had VAR been there and VAR not been there, we probably would have um, actually um, won both of those games. But it wasn't to be. Yeah, you of course are referring to first of all our uh, second uh, or our replay defeat at Bristol City in the third round of the FA Cup ahead of uh, the two-all draw with Sheffield United. Not the greatest results. Two red cards, one for Saeed Benrahma. Uh, laughable, that was. Fingers crossed he's played his last game for West Ham. There, one for Vladimir Sufal at the tail end of the Sheffield United game. Uh, beyond, beyond football, James, um, how's things i think we had we better take the opportunity now because i was gonna you know when i read your text earlier i thought i'm like james take such a stern tone with me and i felt like i was harrison being told off um i I think we better let people know have we not because i did tell everyone last week that you were starting a new job this week so it'd be difficult to record the podcast that hasn't uh, turned out to be the case but we are going to be off next week aren't we Yes, uh, I actually start a new job, uh, all things going well, um, next week, next Thursday, so that's the 1st of February, So, um, and you're away, I believe, so we've taken the decision to, to not do one next week, because I'm going <laughs> to focus on focus on uh, the new job, you're going to focus on swimming off to the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. it just—I uh, just thought I'm not—I don't really want the pressures of delivering a, a podcast to, to the masses, um, while I'm also trying to get to grips with employment again after the first time in four months. So um, <laughs> big, yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be a little bit too much for me, too much to handle. <laughs> yeah, quite. Well, there'll be people screaming at their phones, going, "Well, if you don't start your new job till Thursday." What the hell is stopping you from doing one on Monday? And whilst that would be a valid inquiry to make, West Ham, of course, don't have a game until the 1st of February, which is that home game against Bournemouth, what with the FA Cup weekend or FA Cup fixtures being wedged in between those games. So, yeah, I'll be quite honest, as much as I love all of you lot, uh, and I love Jonesy and I love doing the podcast, uh, I am going to be... Um, in the far-flung corners on trains up mountains and in the jungles of Sri Lanka uh, and hopefully snorkelling with some blue whales off the south coast of that island. So I think, yeah, a couple of weeks off of the We Are West Ham podcast is in order. I don't think I even, I I think I told you, James, I'm off for two weeks. So we're probably going to be back uh, post-Man United game, I think. I'm basically back You're the one one going away. This does, yeah. I'm back back on the 10th of February. We play Arsenal on the 11th. So uh, yeah, just be aware <clears throat> if we can sneak a few odd opposition views in, or if I get a bit of Wi-Fi and James gets a bit of downtime, we might get some content out to you between now and then. But uh, yeah, consider uh, the next fortnight at least uh, a bit of We Are West Ham annual leave. Appreciate it's been a bit bitty uh, this year, but uh, as we are. Keen to remind you, me and Jonesy do have 
uh, life's uh, outside and jobs and etc etc well James hasn't for four months to be fair he's had his feet up but <laughs> um, other things to contend with outside the pod uh, so yeah a couple of weeks off for us um, and it does feel a little bit like uh, West Ham have had uh, a couple of weeks off they should have had a winter break uh, I, I don't really know what to make of it James to be honest I, I, I was a bit late from being out of the weekend um, to to get to the first half of the Sheffield United game, uh, and I was I had to pack. I had a small window on Sunday to pack because I'm working all this week up until when I go. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll get home. I'll watch the second half, and then I'll just stay up a bit late, make sure all the packing's done Sunday night. Um, got home, missed the. Well, I wanted to watch the whole game. Missed the missed the um, beginning of the of the game and end up. Half time, I got home. Ben Brereton Diaz had just made it one all, and I just thought, oh, like I heard their goal on the radio in the car on the way back. I was just like, oh, like they had a worse football team ever. Ben Brereton Diaz, West Ham were linked with him before. Sheffield United have got nine points from twenty games, like abject form, really abject form. Um, and then they they go and get an equaliser, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pack. I'm just going to get the packing done. Um, and, yeah, just sort of stomach this one. And then check my phone, see James Ward-Prowse has, has scored the penalty. For oh, there we go. Happy days, finally. It's just going to be one of those where it's not going to have been an enjoyable one. Um, but I'll re-watch the game later on. And, uh, and then, yeah, honestly, I was just watching it, the scores come in on my phone. And it was 90, and I was like, at it just open. It was 90 plus 11. Uh, and Sufa had obviously been sent off. And I was just, I, honestly, I was like, well, I know what's going on here. And I, I just, I went to the toilet, put my phone in my pocket. And I was like, right, I'm going to, I am just came straight back out, only a wee, and uh, checked two all full time. And there was not an ounce of me that was surprised. I was like, yeah, of course. And then having watched it all back since and the, the chaos that unfolded, quite a lot to unpick. Um, what what are your, were, are your immediate feelings then? We're recording this on Monday night, so it's not too long afterwards. Uh, I think it's probably just only over 24 hours. So what were, Stash, I, what, you, what feelings did you have are you left with? Well, I, there's quite a lot that have come out of it, really. I think we have to remember, well, first of all, it's worth saying this, is that Sheffield United deserved something from the game. I thought they were they were better than us for large parts of the game. Um, they were probably unlucky to go 1-0 behind. Um, got back into it, deservedly so, towards the end of the first half and kind of felt like we needed to step it up a little bit in the second and we didn't for the first half of the second half. We... we we're second best, I think. I genuinely think we were second best. Mm. Got the penalty, like it was a penalty. <clears throat> um, get back in front. It's like, right, just shut up shop now. Get it done. Um, and then what happens in the final, what, six minutes were added and we ended up having about 15, mm. um, bizarrely. And it all just, the referee lost control, gave them a penalty, which wasn't a penalty. Um, I mean, if if ever there was an evidence of whether it was a penalty or not, you've got to look at the state of Ariola's face. 
it gives a lot gives the game away ref doesn't it really the fact that he's got fat lip and he's had to come off suggests mm. that probably he was the one that got fouled rather than the other way around um and then Jared Bowen gets rugby tackled in the pitch and the other end and then it doesn't give it he gets given an ball and you you just I was sitting there scratching my head at the end going well we probably did we probably didn't deserve to get anything out of the game let alone a point but the game was ours and for some reason we haven't won it somehow we haven't won it based off the fact that for some reason VAR hasn't done its job the referee hasn't done his job and and once again we're sitting here wondering what the point of the whole thing is yeah um yeah. it's just it's just like you Someone quite rightly said, one of my mates said this, in Steve Hart that said this, I think, actually, he was mm. a previous member. I believe you guessed it. Um, <clears throat> he, said, he said, I can I can accept mistakes um, in real time if there's no help there to stop you from, or to, to at least correct your mistakes. If there was no VAR, if they took it away, and what happened happened against Sheffield United, it's, it's more acceptable. You go, okay, fair enough. People make mistakes. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's hard to, yeah. hard to stomach. But nothing we can do about it. He's made the mistake. Yeah. The fact is that there is now something we can do about those mistakes. Yeah. And for some reason, yeah. it hasn't happened. Like The, the penalty that, that Sheffield United got seemingly wasn't checked. Um, and the rugby tackle that, that, that Bowen was on the wrong end of, um, even in rugby, it probably would have been an illegal, an illegal tackle. It's a little bit high. So I'm crying out loud. <laughs> and, and again, they haven't checked it. And I, I there was a debate last night in the WhatsApp group. Maybe because as soon as he gave the hand, like, as soon as he gave the handball, the full time whistle went. Mm. And it, it felt like they blew the full time whistle quickly to avoid the embarrassment of him having to go over to the screen and realise he's made another mistake. Because he, he initially, with a red card for Brewster, only booked him. And he was like, maybe he's blown the whistle going, oh, if I've got that wrong, that's two this this game I've got wrong. Um, I mean, that might be true. It might not be. But, yeah, it's just frustrating. Very, very frustrating. And the Sue Fowl red card, the yellow card that he was given was because he was asking the referee why he hadn't sent Brewster off. Mm. He wasn't waving his... Which he then... Ball. No, which it then turned out to be... Turned out to be correct. So he's gone up to the referee, said something. I mean, he did get, he did defend Emerson as well. There's a few of them. Him and Suchik come running in at a pop at Brewster. Um, but apparently the yellow card was... That, wasn't it? it was. And what I liked was a lot of the players ran over and got, got in amongst mm. it. And um, Soufal was first to it. Apparently he was booked for asking the referee why he wasn't, why he wasn't sent off. Referees booked him. And then obviously referees been proven wrong. And then two minutes later, it was a silly little challenge from Sufau to get booked for the second one. But he shouldn't have been booked the first time. And if he was booked mm. the first time, he should have been ruled out because he was proved right. It was but, it was silly. What, what, it was silly. Whatever the reason the fact, you've got... No, yeah, but whatever the reason the, you got your first yellow for, once you the have... Fact, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. Like The fact is, is that, he, that yeah. he, he, should, he shouldn't have thrown himself into that challenge to get the second yellow, what, three minutes later, which then adds mm. on. I think they, they end up getting the penalty from the resulting free kick adds on an extra few minutes and it's just all a little bit silly but um mm. yeah so I, what were I, your what were your lasting feelings that that is the result wasn't the worst in the world it wasn't the end of the world um, no, I said I, that I, before I'd taken a point I mean I didn't say that before I mean I, I was looking at going well it's gonna be difficult we got half the squad out 
Um, I was delighted to see Bowen starting. I didn't think he'd play. But, mm. you know, no, I was just a bit no, worried. No, no premature. Yeah. Um, just, there was, seeing the lineup going, okay, well, Bowen's a, Bowen's a shout, but Ings is starting again. We'll get on to him in a minute. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not really a great deal there. No Alvarez. It's not a great deal there. It doesn't really fill me with a great deal of confidence. We're going to have to rely on Bowen to do something. Mm. Um. But at the same time, it, it was an opportunity for us to go five points clear in Man United. Um, who are seven, three points behind Spurs, who are fifth. We really consolidated our position in that top six, top yeah. seven. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, we haven't done that. But it's not, it's, we didn't lose. And I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, we needed to you're avoid still, defeat. I'm still after not Bristol quite City. clear how, what your feelings are. I can't tell whether you're. Angry. Well, you haven't you haven't well, I'm, ang- I'm, ang- I'm angry with the I'm angry with the the the, the way the game ended um, and the circumstances around that. Um I don't think we played well enough to win the game. Um regardless of all that VAR stuff mm. that happened. Um but again I'm not that upset with the result. Like I, no, I wouldn't no. a bit at the beginning before the game, I wouldn't have taken a point. If someone says to me, "Take a point now," would you have it? I would go, "No, nah, I did." Beat this stop. Give, but given our now, team, I'm like, oh, "Do you know what? Let's just forget about it and move on." Like, yeah, we've not, we've not. We lost. are still sixth, aren't we? We are right. still sixth. We haven't disgraced ourselves. No. Um, and we just go again. And I think also the fact that we we feel like we were robbed a little bit at the end by the decisions that went against us mm. means that. Again, like I said, we haven't really disgraced ourselves because it kind of was taken out of our hands by poor, poor officiating. <clears throat> you know what, James? I think that's the that's what I, I'm like. I was really pro VAR, right? Because I, I honestly, I think the biggest, the biggest Hoover or the biggest vacuum of enjoyment and fun in football is <clears throat> like when you're robbed or cheated or rarely cheated because you know a lot of the time don't get these things wrong on purpose but when you're robbed and i'm talking historically right i'll still vividly remember the the liverpool one at london stadium where it was milner wasn't it offside five yards in the build-up right in front of the linesman doesn't give it the like the countless ones at old trafford and you're just like when you're just like, well, this isn't fun. Like, this isn't fair competition. Like, I don't, you know, I've never mind. I've many a game at Old Upton Park watching Manchester United with Beckham and Giggs and Rooney in particular just tear us to shreds. And you go, fair play. Like, you're really good at football. Like, they'd obviously get the odd decision here or there, but when they beat you 6-1 or whatever, it, it, you sort of never really mattered as much when Rooney's banging him in from the halfway line. You're not going, oh, well, you know, if you hadn't given that free kick. But it's the ones that the ones at Old Trafford, you know, they didn't get awarded a penalty against him for God knows how many years. Uh, all the, the amount of times we got at Liverpool and you're just like, oh, what's the point? Just dodgy, dodgy decisions in favour of the big teams, blah, blah, blah. And and I used to, I used to think, yeah, right. With this is the best league in the world. Let's bring in technology. Like it's it's so rudimentary and like old fashioned to expect one like one man with a flag who's nowhere near fit as fit as the twenty two players he's trying to keep track of. Like he can 
the fact he, he can't even keep up the pace, let alone also try and spot at the same time along the line, line of players, like the centimetres here or there, a player's one side of the line or the other, when a ball that he's not looking at is kicked. So he's trying to listen out for it in amongst a crowd of fat tens of thousands of people. It's like, it's clearly an impossibly difficult job. Um, the ones where it's like five or 10 yards and it's so blatant and it's Man United, Liverpool or Arsenal benefiting, you're like, sort your life out. But it's like, yeah, obviously let's help. Even the ref as well. It's a difficult thing to do, and especially to get it right to the levels that fans in the Premier League rightfully demands. But honestly, that feeling of of just like because I used that that's exactly what I used to do. I used to come out of games like that and just go, what's the point? Like, what's the mm. point of trying hard, training all week, trying different things to beat these big teams? The odds are already stacked against you with the money and the better players and blah blah blah. Like, what's the point of even trying? if you're just going to give them the decision, like the game just was incidental to the fact that United or the big teams wanted to get the win. Now, I can't explain to you how much more, how much that feeling's exacerbated, exactly what Steve's saying, because the fact that VAR is in and somehow the officiating seems to be worse yeah. And that feeling is so much more worse because now then I'm like, well, what actually is the point? Like if you're looking at it on a computer and you can just sort of, it's almost like the human fallibility of it all comes through even more now. But I think, believe it or not, obviously lots of football fans didn't, but on the whole, there was a low key understanding among football fans that, you know, all right, there's a few, like, you don't like clangers, but ultimately it's a difficult job being a ref. Now, it's not difficult, is it, to sit in a room with a computer with 900 angles of an incident, a copy of the law book, the rules, the laws of football next to you, and, like, if you're a professional referee, as I should be, a, a, a sound knowledge of incidents that have gone before that season, with all, armed with all of those things, it can't be difficult to, at, at the very least, be consistent, can it? At the very least. Like, and I just think, you look at that, that that thing on uh, McBurney, pathetic, right? Really properly pathetic. Uh, Anana uh, did the same thing, Man United against Wolves earlier in the season, but proper nearly, Kaladzic, I think it was, nearly like took his head off. Not what uh, Ariola did. And then for almost the exact same thing, if anything, a, a rougher challenge on Bowen. I, I honestly, I, I, I'm at the stage now, and bear in mind I was pro VAR, so <clears throat> this isn't just a an age old axe I've had to grind. I honestly, it's ruining football for me now. And I said it to you, um, the I've said it on the podcast, the Conference League final, when Jared Bowen goes through on goal, I sort of fake celebrated because I thought it was offside and he goes through, puts the ball in the net and I'm just like, oh, well, it's going to be flagged for offside. Like, I just think now with decisions, but you might as well go back to what it was before, mightn't you, with the actual decision. Offsides, I think the robo offsides will come in and in time that will be better, like goal line technology, right? And it allowed, there should be something in the stadium 
like where you'll be able to know within seconds rather than like the four minutes it takes for some old like duffers to look at draw lines and look at them in a studio. So offsides be fine. But what is the point, mate? Honestly, with the Boeing thing, what's the point? Like, it, 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 how anyone with two eyes in their head and, and it always seems like the officials are like the only ones in the country, unless like PPT fans of teams have got a particular bias, right? But if, if a neutral watches those two fouls and it don't even put kits on and just say, this happened to team A, this happened to team B, like what do you think happened? Most people will go like, well, yeah, the, the second one was a penalty probably. Uh, and the first one wasn't. I just uh, it's just boring. It's, it's like what's the, there's no point of it anymore. It, it's just it, boring it, rubbish. It's decisions like the the Bowie one in particular, where you, you you look and everyone is scratching their head, going, "What? What? Why isn't that could be given? What's the like, point? Yeah, yeah. Like it, I think the only people I've seen that have have said it wasn't a penalty are Sheffield United fans, which I reckon deep down they know, and they were just yeah, just, of course, just yeah, yeah. one. And the odd Arsenal fan who's well, it's just like they're just being silly. Weird. Um, yeah. So silly and weird, yeah. So when you've got an entire you've got millions of people that have seen it and seen the same angles as the VAR on duty has seen, mm. and have all come to the same same conclusion, and they've gone, no, no penalty. Well, assuming yeah. that they, they had a look at it just before the referee blew the whistle. Mm. Um it's embarrassing. Like if I'm it's if rubbish, I'm one of those yeah. if I'm one of those if I'm the referee in the middle of the park or if I'm one of the VARs in that little room, wherever it is, after making those mistakes, I'm embarrassed. Like genuinely mm. embarrassed. Like, and you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and go, What am I doing? Like, genuinely, what am I doing? I'm really, really terrible at my job. And I mm. need training. And the fact that, that, that what, what will happen is they'll come out with an apology. Go, oh, yeah, really sorry we got that one wrong. Doesn't doesn't help us. Doesn't give us two points back, does it? No, um, I don't want to no. hear apologies. But, no. Do, do you know what's sad? Do you know what's sad? Um, Moyes come out after, and it's, this is what annoys me about this, the game at the moment is that Moyes comes out after, and you can see steam coming out of his ears. He's not happy, mm. and he's he's openly said, "I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want to get fined." Yeah, yeah, and it, but but then loose then is loosely gone. But you know we've we've reached a stage in the game where there's no point. You just kind of just no point even complaining. About shrug it. your shoulders, he said. Didn't shrug he? You just shrug your shoulders. It's like we just reached. And that's the not point. what football's about, the, is it? The level of officiating is just you just might as well just shrug your shoulders. Like I want him to come out and go. This is not acceptable. Ah, oh, mate, I don't. But, but what's the point? But he can't, and I understand why he no. hasn't. You know, and he's not Mikel Arteta. It cost him grand or whatever. Throw his toys out the pram regardless and demand apologies left, right and centre. Or Jurgen Klopp will do the same. Whereas he's gone, no, I don't want to get fined. And I think it's silly, but managers should be allowed to go out and just say how they feel. Mm. And go, this because if you start getting that every week, I don't care about, oh, you've got, you got to respect the referee, blah, blah. Yeah, you have to respect the referee to a point. But when they're making silly mistakes that are costing teams results and costing fans the, the experience... Um, that's what, it is. what they pay yeah. for um mm. and they're costing clubs money with these decisions mm. um 
you have to sit there and go, and they've got all the help in the world now. There's no excuse for making mistakes like that yeah. anymore. They have got yeah. no excuse. It's not, oh, it's a real-time decision. Was it, wasn't it? Oh, I've got a couple of seconds to make a decision. You've got all the time in the world now. I don't mind spending mm. five minutes going over it and then going, yeah. have a look at it on the monitor. We can't decide. Do it. If you have to do that 10 times a game, so be it. But really, mm. there's no excuse. And managers should be allowed to come out without the threat of being fined. Just come out and well, say Well, they get fined if they don't do the interviews, don't they? It's bang out. It's just they're well, a complete... If, fallacy, so, so in that case, then, you, like, if, if you get five or don't do the interviews, then they should be allowed to say what well, they want to say. what you say, yeah. Just say what you want to say, because at the end of the day, these referees need to be held accountable. And... They're not, but why should they? But why should David Moyes like lose out on 20 grand of his wages or whatever this month for like for calling like what for calling out what we can all see? Like, shouldn't be on you know, Arteta's done it before, got fight like that. It it shouldn't be like that, should it? It should be, it it should be allowed to go. I don't agree with that decision. I think it was the wrong decision. Why, why didn't VAR check it or? Why was I don't understand why that, that that was given as a penalty? If you've seen the if you've seen the state of Ariola's face, mm. um, like I don't see what like it was a, it was a bad decision. It get fined yeah. for that, and it none of it makes any sense, mate. And like like I said, there is no excuse. The fact we're sitting here what four years after VAR come into play, and we're mm. still talking about it, and we're still mm. moaning and about what- the fact that. It's worse, yeah. And the fact Football that always worse, isn't it? The fact that referees are still making the same mistakes week in, week out, and it's still a talking point, it's still controversial. Mm. Um, it makes the greatest, the so called greatest league in the world, a complete and utter laughing stock. It's embarrassing, yeah. And it just, it, it just is completely not the point of football, is it? Like, the, no. the point, the last thing, everyone, it was a historic cliche, right? But it was true. He used to go, oh, the refs had a good game if no one's talking about him. And that that stood true, you know, sort of uh, all the years I had season ticket Upton Park. You'd come home after the game, win or lose, and in the car on the way home, you'd be doing your usual sort of rundown of the game. Um, and whatever, you know, West Ham had won or lost, you eventually, depending on the if, unless there was a clangor of a decision, you go, oh, well, she, yeah, the ref was all right. Yeah, yeah, that dodgy one in the first half or whatever. But yeah, on the whole, didn't really notice him. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Or, oh, yeah, blimey. He like he was giving them quite a bit when he a few dodgy ones here and there. Or they'd be like, oh, how the hell is he giving that as a penalty or whatever? But it's just never, ever like that anymore, is it? It's never, ever... Rarely any game, not even just West Ham. I'm just bored of football in general, Premier League football, because it, it, it's not about the football anymore. And I like football for football, but it's never about that, is it? It's, it's rarely all of the, you know, if someone scored a good free kick. Like now, 28 minutes in we are. Uh, we haven't mentioned the fact that Maxwell Corner has got his first goal in 704 years. The fact that Danny Ings, who we've been giving absolute pelts for on this podcast, was given man of the match on the telly, despite the fact he still hasn't shaken his allergy to scoring goals. James Ward-Prowse has scored a, a good penalty. You know, the away the away end, the, like the limbs or whatever, when Ward-Prowse scored, uh, you know, with some, some 
the the fans ironically cheering when Danny Ings scored goals in the warm up. All these other things we'd normally be talking about. And like match of the day now, every game's a VAR review, all these podcasts. But they sort of have to be, don't they? Because it's almost like you're remiss. If we just come on here and didn't talk about it, people would be like, what are you talking about? What, what mm. are you doing? But the fact that that's all games are reduced to now is just, honestly, it's just sucking the fun out of it for me. I just, yeah. like, where's the enjoyment gone? And you've, you hit the nail on the head, mate, is that they're just vacuuming up any like positive experience. It's ruining the experience for fans of a win or a, a defeat because it's just about a load of losers sitting in a computer room. Totally with you. Um, shall we actually talk about some of those things I mentioned, James? Maxwell Corney um, scored for West Ham, uh, opener scoring in the first half. James Ward-Prowse uh, got the uh, put us 2-1 up, of course, after Brereton Diaz's equaliser. Um, with that team, which I knew would be weak, I honestly w- was happy with the result before. So results-wise, fact was still sixth, genuine, generally a positive. I know they're bottom of the league, which is annoying, but it's important context that you know Maxwell Corne for Nails and Ings played. I watched that um, uh, the Olympiacos away of Ings uh, for Nails. I can't actually remember. No, it wasn't Corne. It was Ben Rama Ings and for Nails um, Olympiacos away, and it was absolutely abject. So. Odyssey, I was holding out. I didn't think we'd score. So the fact we've got a point, I, I think that's probably an overall positive. The way it's come about is a different kettle of fish. But what what else do you want to talk about sort of from a, a football perspective? Well, t- two main things. Um, I mean, before I get onto those, I mean, great to see Cornet get his first goal. But let's have it right. He was atrocious. Like, really bad. <laughs> like, just really bad. Um, Rick took his goal he's really well, the... and you see the relief on his face like he looked like he's about to burst into tears, bless him. And I was happy for him, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. even before he got the goal, I was just like, Oh, god, get him off, Dave. Like, he's yeah. awful. And even after the goal, he was awful. And it was like, Oh, for crying out loud, he comes off and he puts Ben Johnson on. And I was like, Midfield maestro. Ben... So suddenly, Ben Johnson's turned into prime Deccan Rice at yeah. Bramall Lane, and I thought he was outstanding. Ben Johnson. I, I thought he was brilliant. Um, it's just mm. like, part of me was like, oh, maybe they won't bother with Calvin Phillips now and they'll just put him in midfield instead. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm pleased for him because obviously he wants a new deal, keeps turning it down. Um, looks like he's, he's slowly being given more opportunities, helped by injuries and, and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, when, he has been, there, isn't it? when he has been called upon, I um, Aside from the others, and I know that was a dig, mate. Um, <laughs> aside from 99% of the others that have been called upon recently, um, he hasn't disgraced himself. I think he's been superb. I thought when mm. he, he's probably the best of a bad bunch at Anfield in the cup um, and has done well when called upon since. Um, he certainly played the next game, wasn't he? With Kufan. Yeah, well, suspended. yeah. I mean, I was part of me was open playing midfield again because I really enjoyed watching him. Um <laughs> And then, and then you got Danny Ings, mate. And do you know what? I tweeted after the, the Bristol City the, sec, uh, the the replay, and I was I, someone tweeted. I can't remember what what the exchange was, but I said I don't think he'll play for the club again after that because he was terrible. Well, I've been saying that for ages. He shouldn't have been um, playing. But I, I felt like it was the last straw for him because if you can't go to the Championship, Bristol City, and and start the game 
and I don't think he had a shot on target, and it was just like which is ridiculous. Um, mate, the blokes had so many last straws. Genuinely, rocks up, rocks right. up at Bramall Lane in a number ten role, and absolutely runs the show. I, I, I couldn't he believe know? it. He was he was absolutely brilliant. He was he was pressing well. He was winning. He was winning balls uh, in dangerous areas. Um, he was involved in Cornet's goal. It was his shot that got deflected. And he had a few shots on target, um, and then won the penalty. Uh, he was brilliant. Uh, he didn't put a foot wrong all game. Genuinely, didn't put a foot wrong all game. And he, it was, it was like you know when he, I think it was his, it was his debut. He scored two against Nottingham Forest, and he was like, we were everyone was like, oh, this is really great. Like Danny Ings is going to be great for us. I felt like that. I was like, okay, he hasn't scored. And I felt I felt bad when he got subbed off. I felt really bad for him because he deserved the goal for the first time since he scored those goals against Nottingham Forest in his first game. He deserved the goal, and I felt really bad for him. That he didn't. Um, I thought he was brilliant, and uh, that doesn't mean to say I think he deserves to stay at the club and like uh, deserves a new give him a new two year deal, keep him no, at the club. Right. But um, I I thought he was brilliant against Sheffield United, and. Um, Hats off to him because he even admitted in his post-match that it's been a difficult time for him. He struggled. Um, but, yeah, he deserves to pull this after that because he was very good for us. Mm. All right. Well, well, and you, you, didn't, you, have, you, haven't, you didn't see the game, so you, like, you're just going to have to take my word for it, mate, and go... No, yeah. no, no, no. No, no as in, no, I've obviously, I've obviously watched, uh, or watched the, the extended highlights back. Um, I mean, that, uh, that's, that won't do him justice to the extended highlights, mate. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, quite. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we'll do a little transfer roundup um, at the end of this. We haven't got an opposition view this week, of course, because we're not playing until the 1st of February. Uh, that Bournemouth game is all FA Cup stuff beforehand. Um, we don't know what's going on with AFCON, so no opposition view this week. So we're going to do a little transfer roundup at the end. You know from previous experience that, that me and uh, that me and Jonesy, uh, what my stance is. Um, I mean, it's sort of becoming more and more of an integral part of uh, what like my job. But um, yeah, I'm still as far as West Ham are concerned. I'm very much, uh, you know, shall read all about these people once they're holding the shirt up and they've been announced. But me and James will do a potential incomings and outgoings chat at the end of uh, this podcast. Jonesy, then, before we move on, firstly, uh, have you got anything else to add or say about um, the Sheffield United game? Um, it no. was a well-bad tackle from Brewster. I'm just going to say that again. It was bad, like, yeah. Proper it naughty bad. tackle, that was. Yeah, yeah and was I love bad. Emerson. Oh, he's, he's my I love here, Emerson. He's so good. Oh, so good. Yeah, um, hands down. He's yeah, like, I was a little bit concerned that he, he'd done some damage, but mm. um, yeah, really naughty tackle. That. Really what do you think of Thornell's performance? Just quickly, bang average. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. average indeed. Um, just quickly, Jonesy. Uh, just to a nod, we didn't win on the Betway charity bets, did we? I had. Uh, I did put a no. message in the group, actually. I had red card awarded, uh, but I also had both teams to score no. Um, and uh, uh, what was the other Under two and a yeah, half le goals. Less had, than yeah. 2.5 goals, yeah, yeah. I did put a message in the group um, and say any danger of a, a payout because there's been two red cards, but 
that one fell on uh, fell on somewhat deaf ears, and you didn't win yours either because you had Suchek to score, didn't you? So yeah, well, uh, uh, um, uh, one all. I was hoping for a Suchek winner, and that would have come in because I had the corners mm. as well. I think so. Um, but yeah, it wasn't to be. I, I just can't believe you've managed. When I saw you put red card to be awarded, and I was like, "That's a long shot, mate." And then you managed. You managed to get the hardest one out of your three right. Yeah, I know. Um, the other two, and then I you still have the cheek to ask for a payout. So here we go. I saw it come through. I was like, "Ah, oh, typical will he's asked for a payout for charity." I've told you, mate. Uh, just a reminder that Betway give uh, me and James a fifty pound charity stake each and every week uh, to place on a three-legged bet build of our choice. Any winnings from either of those bets? Any winnings from mine go to the Bobby Moore Fund at the end of the season. Any winnings from James go to the DT Thirty Eight Dylan Tombeys Foundation, and Betway have agreed to match. Every single penny that we win at the end of the year. Uh, I, including the Betway uh, match, am at just over a thousand quid for the Bobby Moore fund so far. James, yet to get off the mark. We do need to put our fingers out a bit, James. It's been a bit of a difficult one to call uh, this year, but it looked like we were sort of having it ticking over, but it's all sort of slowed down somewhat. But yeah, um, we, those will we'll keep rumbling on uh, with those. Keep an eye on our socials for the Betway charity bets. While uh, for the next couple of weeks, while I have a bit of well, me and James have a little bit of West Ham podcast, we are West Ham podcast annual leave. Um, yeah, keep an eye on the charity bets, and you can place those bets yourself if you want on the Betway, Betway website and app. Uh, right, Jonesy, before we move on to transfers from football, um, I know it's a while ago now, Bristol City away. I got offered a couple of tickets the day before. I know you did as well. Umin and Arin decided against it. It was just too much trouble to get down there and get back into London for work at 7am the next day. Uh, so I decided against it. What a sound decision that was. Uh, another poo game of football. Just, yeah. took the it, it, That whole FA Cup tie couldn't have been, couldn't have gone worse, really, could it? Like Paquetta, I know Bowen's back pretty quick, but Paquetta injured. Bowen injured, wore the players out, two extra games they didn't need when we've hardly got anyone playing for us anyway. Awful. <laughs> so, awful. Um, again, didn't play well enough on the night to, to warrant a result. No. Um, again, I'm not going to go over it again, but refereeing decisions just like, this is the, the thing I don't understand is that. You know, what annoyed really, you the most? Which one? Um, the punch of Creswell. Creswell's been punched and got booked for it. Uh, he got booked for being punched in the face and if you look at the replays the fourth official standing right right there watching it happen and mm. he hasn't even stepped in um I, i'm just a little confused as to why some games in in the fa cup have got VAR and some haven't like you see you everyone has it or everyone doesn't have it yeah. um and i felt like we were at a disadvantage because had there been VAR and I say had it been used properly, but we know that's not always the case. No. Then there's a chance that Bristol City are down to nine men, eight men. Mm. Because, you know, they had the, the challenge on Ings in the first minute. You had the punch, and I think it was a, a couple of other naughty challenges throughout the game, but at least two red cards before yeah. Ben Rama's been sent off. Now, temporarily, <laughs> yeah. right. Let's say it right. Ben Rama, absolutely, he deserved three red cards for what he did. Mate, like, what a clown. Just what a clown. Get him out. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. But, again, it's the same as Sheffield United. Even without those bad decisions, didn't deserve it on the day. Didn't deserve no. it. And, and we, no, we, we, 
deserved to go one nil down because Mavropanos had a brain fart and just passed his. Yeah, again, he's just got a clanger in him, hasn't he? Most uh, games, he looks is, so like, composed and assured. He's, he's got a clanger in him. First few games, he looks really shaky. Then he looked really solid. He gets his goal against Arsenal. And he starts looking like actually, no, it's not a, not bad. It'll back up to that. And didn't um, celebrate. Honestly, I've gone right off him. Yeah, after that. but no, but I just thought, oh, it's not a bad. It's definitely not a starter, week in week out starter for us. But he's a good backup to have. But then, yeah, he's, that's what his third mistake that's led to a goal now. At least, yeah. Um, and he's got and he's got an own goal on him as well. Um, mm. so, other yeah, than that, other than that, he's all right. Um, but yeah, yeah, we just didn't deserve it, um, regardless of the decisions. But I felt like had the referee done his job. Or had there been VAR on the night that worked properly, then yeah. we may have had a chance with Bristol City down to nine men. But I mean, if if Butts and Maybe's really in it, quiet, mate, quiet. Right, uh, we'll talk about Ben Rama in the transfer section next. Uh, stay with us. Um, that's we'll do the transfers and we'll wrap up the show after that. We'll do we'll count that as our little final thoughts bit. Uh, as well and just a reminder again that me and Jonesy aren't uh, we're having a couple of weeks off I'm going on holiday uh, and I've been reliably informed the Wi-Fi in the jungles of Sri Lanka isn't overly brilliant so uh, yeah the chances of me getting uh, and the, the, an appropriate amount of signal in order to do a podcast of Slim and James Jones has decided to give up his career as a man of leisure and actually go back to the world of work like the rest of us uh, next week. So he needs to focus on that a little bit. Hope you understand. Um, if you don't, not going to change a lot, unfortunately, because <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, so, yeah, we'll try and get, might get an opposition view or two out, but if not, um, likely in and around the Arsenal game. I'll get back the day before the Arsenal game, I think. So, uh, yeah, maybe after that, probably after that, that me and Jones, you do our next first proper podcast together. Hope you understand. Uh, but stay with us for the rest of this one because uh, we'll have the transfer roundup sort of thing next. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Well, James Jones, um, sorry, I had to have a little interlude there because, uh, yeah, I've told you I picked your happiness over that of my girlfriend at the beginning of the podcast. Um, and I've just had to go and explain to her that I hadn't ordered dinner like I said I would. Uh, so it was there for her arrival from work. And we've been doing this podcast for 45 minutes. So if, uh, if when, when we next do a podcast, I'm single, I'm blaming you solely, James Jones. Um Let's talk transfers rather than, uh, I don't know, is there some sort of like a hook, isn't there? Like I might be a, a free agent again. There's some sort of link to that joke, the girlfriend thing. I can't be bothered. Let's talk transfers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Side Ben Rama, let's start there. Um, I mean, I, again, I've got about as much patience with Side Ben Rama as I have with VAR in football. Um, yeah, I just, Got no time for the bloke. Right, go. 
I've never, I mean, I've never ever really rated him. He he thinks he's miles better than he is. Completely petulant. Like, I'm sorry, but when has he ever done that before? It's the most like sort of passion or effort he's dedication to anything he's shown for for months. I mean, it's absolutely pathetic that it's clearly deliberate. Like, if he doesn't want to be there anymore, don't worry about it, Saeed. You are not doing us a favour by sticking around. And yeah, I, I think it's yeah, I think it's pathetic to be quite honest. Like, we're losing a game away from home. He's got an opportunity, or should see it as that, to do something finally. One assist, zero goals all season for a forward. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, good go. I know um, friend of the show, uh, Sun Sports West Ham correspondent Jack Rosser um, reported first that. Um, West Ham had rejected a, a loan bid from Marseille not too long before the game. And, I mean, look, there's hardly a queue of suitors. West Ham want to get rid of him this month. I know that I know that for sure. They're also trying to get rid of uh, Ings as well and uh, Ben Rama. Uh, they want a new left winger this month. The Calvin Phillips stuff will get on to shortly. But I just want to get Ben Rama out of the way first, really. Um, like on this podcast and generally, I think it's ridiculous. Well, I think, I think he will go before the end of the season. I'm not going to. Who wants um, him? Who's going to take him? I think, I think. Forest Green Rovers. I think, I think, yeah, we, I wonder whether Marseille might come back in. If we're desperate, we might just go, go on and do one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to spend ages slagging him off, but, He's played his last game for the club, 100%. That, that will be his last action in the West Ham shirt, which is disappointing. Um, Sums it up, really. Uh, it's just, even if he wasn't up for sale this month, what he's done in that game is complete, like, given our injury problems and the fact we've got players that are away on AFCON, uh, we need players. don't care how good they are. We need players to play. And he's gone and done that and got himself a three-game three, three game back. Like, like, it's just not good enough, and it's yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll be very surprised if he's still at the club beyond Jan, beyond January. I think that will be the last draw. It's the last draw for a lot of fans, but I think that would have been the last draw for David Moyes as well. I think David Moyes would be like, right, he's got to go, get him out. Um, mm. And so I saw a lot of people reading into it. Moyes has said that he hadn't spoken to him about the red card, and a lot of people going, "Oh, you know, he's never liked more, he's never liked Ben Rama, really bad man." Well, no, that probably is if, true. If if, you, if if I'm if I'm David Moyes, what? Why would you? you like you've you've he's let the team down on the night, um, and he's made it very clear that you know maybe he's done that because he's annoyed that the the, the loan bid from Marseille was rejected. Maybe he's, yeah. done, he's just he's just kicked off and go because you know there are there's been a lot of rumours that he wants to go to France. Hmm. Maybe you've seen the offer from France come in and gone right. Well, now's my chance to go, and then West Ham have gone now. Nah, the offer's yeah. not good enough. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's and then he's, he's been wheeled he's out taken, Ashton Gate. Then he's, then he's then he's taken it out on a Bristol City player. Yeah. Um, who, let's have it right, deserved the kick anyway for what he did to him <laughs> earlier on in the game. But that's not the point. Um, no. But yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, um, I'm, I, I obviously I don't have a strong opinion of, of view about Ben Rama's time at West Ham. Um, but I I will be very surprised and slightly annoyed if he does play for us again. 
Mm, yeah. Mate, I just think he, I've n- very few players, I think, have been and their time at West Ham have been as overrated as Saeed Benrahma says. I think he's got like the, uh, the what's it called? He's like, you know how after time, like Carlton Cole, I uh, love him, absolutely love him. He was on the We Are West End podcast in the summer when I was over in Australia. Lovely bloke, really friendly, really generous of his time. <clears throat> it's fair to say that over time, people, I think, have forgotten a few of the absolute stinkers that Carl and Cole had for West Ham, right? Would that be fair to say? I think so, but the, the difference with Carl and Cole is that even if he had a stinker, he was still trying 110% yeah. every game. Like That's yeah. why the fans fell in love with him. It's yeah, because he true. gave he gave everything for the shirt. Yeah. Ben Rama doesn't. No. Goes yeah. missing in games. So and, yeah. Um, so that's why you can kind of... You used to always almost forgive Carlton Cole for having bad games and missing yeah. sitters and, and all the yeah, missing cool. one-on-ones. He used to miss at least one one-on-one a game, didn't he? <laughs> and go, okay, well, okay, well, at least we at least we know he's trying. He's trying. No. So yeah. and I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I but I honestly, can, genuinely, and I know you perhaps don't think the same. Who do you think is the most like? Who can you think of when I say overrated West Ham player? Just say I don't know the last since London Stadium, for example, or last ten years, whatever. When I say overrated West Ham player, who do you think of? It's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. It's ahead of a lot of underrated players, to be fair. But is there <laughs> overrated? No, I don't know. He probably is the most overrated player. He probably is because people talk about him in such revered terms. But well, yeah, you say, obviously, you say that just quickly. Even neutrals talk about him in such revered terms. Mm. Watching the game. I don't know whether you were watching this well. I don't know if you heard. I think I think it was Clive Tilsley was the commentator. And Ben Rahm was on the ball. And I think I think it was Clive Tilsley. He goes, Ben Rahm obviously scored in the in the Conference League final back in, in, in June in Prague. Um would always be a, a, a le- goal. would always be a legend to the fans as a result. Um our rumours that he's leaving, but he'll always be a legend. And I'm screaming at the TV going, No, no Clive. I know. No, yeah. no. I mean, no. I, I say I don't feel feel as harsh towards him as you do. Um, but absolutely no way. Like, There's nothing. No way. Jared Bowen is a hero and a legend after coming out of that final. Um, mm. But but Ben Rahman, no. I'm sorry, but you, no. you have to. You, if you if you score an important goal in a cup final, okay, you, people will remember you for it. Yeah. But to have hero and legend status off the back of that goal, it has to come. It has to be sandwiched in between some good stuff either side. Yeah, wait, what is that? So Jared, yeah. Bowen, so Jared yeah. Bowen, he'll always be a hero and a legend, regardless of what happens after. Yeah. Um, Not a penalty sandwich in the middle of load of Yeah, like you, you also have to have played well before that final yeah. Yeah. and then played well afterwards to have anywhere yeah. near that kind of accolade on your name. Yeah. And I was screaming. I think I'm right saying he hasn't Lucy's scored a competitive goal, has he? he no, not since now. No, Luce is laughing at me. I'm like, it's wrong, Luce. He's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand. It's wrong. Yeah. No, Ricardo Vaste, right? Like, scored a final. But generally was 
pretty poo and good in the championship bang average in the premier league yeah good yeah he was all right in the championship wasn't he but um yeah no i i, I totally totally agree but anyway good riddance is what i will say proper good riddance never really fancied him i think the biggest shout he had for for getting in the team was was the, the when he first came really and he was struggling to get in behind lingard and understandably so but i think he's been given countless opportunities uh, on top of opportunities and he's just he just he thinks and loads of fans think he's far better than he is he's never ever pushed on and then if you some fans speak about him in the same terms or in terms that Mohamed Kudus and Lucas Paqueta still don't get spoken about uh, and Jared Bowen even and I think it's ridiculous people are just blinded by the odd step over or two but I, it, the day cannot come too soon when I don't have to see Saeed Benrahma in a claret blue shirt cut in from the left shape up as if he's going to whip in a teasing ball for someone to just glance in and smash it straight out for a goal kick. Good riddance, Saeed. Um, other potential outgoings, Jonesy Wolves tend to be the only team interested in Danny Ings. Uh, I'm hoping that performance at Sheffield United was a, a shop window performance. Um, even his hair transplant he had, it's not the, not the greatest, is it? It hasn't really taken that one. It's just been a general disastrous period. For Danny Ings, 125 grand a week, the club's third highest earner. <clears throat> Wolves want him, but they also want Che Adams, uh, and they're looking at one other target on top of that. Um, I understand, and they're certainly not good. The only way West Ham get rid of him is, is if they agree to pay a significant chunk of his wages, and I'm talking about 50% of the noises I'm hearing at the moment, and I'm not super sure. The club's willing willing to do that. Um, there was a story come out over the weekend uh, by Leverkusen. Victor Boniface, 23 years of age, Nigerian, uh, about 50 million quid should do it. Be a club record transfer, I think. But uh, I mean, you know, I get a bit bored of that because inflation and it's going to be a club record transfer every year. That's how it works. Um, but West Ham are in a position where. They need to get some some heads out the door. Not as much as other clubs as far as FFP. Obviously, the Declan Rice transfer um, sort of helps. But, yeah, they still need to get some players out the door, get some wages off the books. Now, I think four now is still going to be an end-of-the-season job, but they would let Ben Rama and Ings go this month. Who's going to take Danny Ings, mate, let alone Ben Rama? But Ben Rama's on... Uh, not a fraction, he's still on a decent wedge, about 70 grand a week. But who's going to take Danny Ings? Seriously? I don't know. I mean, when I saw Wolves were interested, I was a little bit surprised, actually. Given that. He let that Fabio Silva and uh, Kaladzic, is it, go, I think? Yeah, but then you, if you're Wolves, you, you let those players go, but you need a goal scorer, right? Yeah, scored, scored 29 games. I think it's 30, maybe 29 games now. Is it 30 games now? I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, um, it's, it's rubbish. A, whatever it is, it's been a long time since he scored a goal. Yeah. Clearly, out of confidence. Um, yeah. Like I've already said, played well against Sheffield United, but I don't know. I'm, I'd be surprised if anyone comes in from is willing to pay him the wages. I think we're mm. going to have to stomach some of those wages. I know you said the, yeah. the club aren't, aren't too keen on doing it, but I think they're going to have to because no one's coming in and taking him off our hands. Well, no, that that is it. Like no one is going to pay 
no one there's there's very few interested parties anyway uh and those that that have inquired um aren't willing to pay anywhere near 125 grand a week mm. absolutely nowhere near that so yeah yeah that's not a uh um yeah i, I, I don't know i'd love to see the back of him frankly but I'm not so sure that one gets done this month. Um, incomings then, Jonesy. Uh, I think it was you who tweeted, actually, uh, the other day. Um, you reshared a tweet suggesting um, uh, West Ham are at the front of the queue for Calvin Phillips. Jack Rosser, again, is fairly close to, to all things West Ham. Um, writing today that we're leading the race now. Uh, for Calvin Phillips. Long story short, Man City won a £7 million loan fee, right? Newcastle and Juventus were both keen uh, on bringing him in. Atletico Madrid and Barcelona also been linked for all of those teams. Atletico, I'm not sure about, but that went a bit quiet as soon as it came out. But certainly for those other three names there, not willing or can't afford to pay the £7 million unless they offload some players because they're sailing the line close to FFP. Um. I don't know about you, James. Uh, well, I do know about you because you tweeted it and I couldn't have agreed with the tweet more. Um, when it said, you know, we're going to pay Calvin Phillips around £3 million in wages or whatever to the end of the season, plus a £7 million loan fee, you said, yeah, or just buy a striker. And I've never agreed with a tweet more. What are we doing? Like the, the best position on the field we've got is centre midfield with James Ward Prowse, Edson Alvarez, and Thomas Suchek. Those three have been brilliant this season to a man. What are we doing? I, I just, it's, let's get it right. I like Calvin Phillips, he's a good, good midfielder. I, yeah, I, was a little I really, surprised. really like him. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know why, like, why he went to see because he just he knew he was going to be bench fodder like, as soon as he went. Um, Not even that is he, but yeah. No, but it's, I like him as a player, and I'd love I'd love us to get him. But I don't think he's a priority. He should not be a priority signing. He should not be right. Let's let's chuck 130 grand a week at him. This this January type signing. Mm. Um, and if you really want cover for your midfield, you got Flynn Downs smashing out for Southampton in the Championship. Bring him back. Nah, nah. But, nah that's his if, level. That's his if, level. If, if if you want cover for midfield. You've got a midfielder playing well in the championship right now. Bring him back. No, Bring him back. No. And everyone's going, oh, really? No. Really? It's like, well, what would you rather us do? What would you genuinely, what would you rather us do? Would you rather us go, okay, well, what we'll do, we'll bring in Calvin Phillips, who then technically places replaces Thomas Suchek in midfield. He's the only midfielder he's replacing in that midfield, right? Oh, he's not know. coming. Think... He's not coming to sit on the bench, mate, is he? He's sitting no. on the bench at Man City. Why would you move? No, so yeah, he's quite, coming, he's yeah. coming to West Ham to play every week. There's only one midfielder that comes out of that midfield, and that's Thomas Suchek. But the trouble with that is, then you lose Thomas Suchek's goal. He's got eight goals this season. Mm. Yeah. Cam Phillips isn't replaced him for the goals. He's got no. one goal in 65 Premier League games. Yeah. So, <clears throat> or do you go, okay, well, let's let's keep the midfield we've got because it's, it's our strongest part of our team. Mm. If we need cover, bring in the geezer out who's out on loan at the moment. Don't care whether it's his level or not. If you need cover, he did all right last year as cover. Yeah. Right? And we'll spend the 130 grand a week that we were going to spend on that midfielder on a guy that can score goals up front because at the moment we've got none. 
Mm, no. And that, I... that's, my, that's my point. I'm not saying bring yeah. back Finn Downs because he's absolutely amazing and he's our best midfield. And there's no, just like, what I'm saying is he's no. doing well at the moment. He's playing week in, week out for a promotion chasing team in the championship. Um, if you want cover, we've got cover there. He's just playing for another team at the moment. Bring him back. Mm. Instead of going out and putting all that money and all those wages towards a player that is a good player, but isn't in the priority position for us. Yeah, it doesn't make I, sense I, to me. I don't understand it. No, I, I quite agree. And I, I disagree with you wholeheartedly on Flynn Downs because the situation I think is, is that every single game, now we're at the FA Cup and League Cup, every single game we've got this season is vitally important. Every single one we play from now on till the end of the year. There's no downtime anymore, is there? It's proper business time. Uh, like the Europa League last 16 or swing round. I don't want Flynn Downs anywhere near that that tie. All the games we've got in the Premier League, really? Like, I mean, if to be fair to him as well, I think he knows West Ham's not his level. West Ham know that we're not his level. Uh, I just sort of think it's a bit unfair on him as well. And would he be up for it if West Ham go, right, Flynn, go, come back, will you? And yeah, don't worry, mate. I know you're really enjoying it at Southampton and finding your feet and improving and developing, but just come and sit on the bench for the next till May, please. I, I, I disagree with you on that one, but here's what it is. That's okay. Well, what would you do instead um, then? No, but I'm, I'm sort of confused why we need anyone. But this is what I'm saying. There's a reason why he's bringing in a midfielder, right? He wants yeah. cover in midfield. Yeah. That's why I'm saying we'll bring bit... back the midfielder that provides cover. Yeah. Because at the end of the yeah, day, there's going to be one of those midfielders in the squad is going to be on the bench for the rest of the season. Mm. Okay, put it this way then, right? Because this is how Moise would be looking at it. He's going, well, because he does want a left wing. I know that for a fact. So if he manages to get one, a left winger in, and Ben Rama goes, God forbid, not God forbid, God willing, that's it. Uh, I'm normally pretty good at phrases, not in this podcast. Um, so a left winger comes in, Mo Kudus comes back, Paqueta comes back, happy days, and it's that front three of, what, what are you saying? Like you've, you, you, you're, I assume you're having that, those three in midfield, uh, Suchek, Ward-Prowse, Alvarez, uh, Paqueta Kudus and then Bowen up top, right? That's the strongest 11 now. As, and then San Antonio comes back, yeah? Moise is probably thinking, well, I've got Bowen with Mikhail on the bench. So, you know, am I better off? Is my squad better? Once all the players are back, right, and everyone's fit, is my squad better with Calvin Phillips who comes in and then... Do you know what I mean? Calvin Phillips comes in, Suchek drops at the bench or whoever you think they might be. Or maybe even Ward Prowse, I don't know. Because I honestly can't see him, like you say, with the goals. Suchek, seems odd. I don't, but Ward Prowse, he's always not going, well, Jared Bowen's my jobs. number one striker and Antonio's coming back, so I'm going to be okay in that position. Therefore, I'd rather have top quality cover in midfield. Do you see what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't see how he could possibly be thinking that way when you consider the fact that Antonio's been out for three months, four and months, for due, yeah. due to be back, and now he's out for another month. Mm. So there's no guarantee he's fit again for the rest of the season, no. to be quite honest. 
So yeah. I, I, I don't understand. I can't see how he, if he was thinking like that, I'd be trying to bang his head against the brick wall going, what are you doing, Dave? Because yeah, the, the backup striker's fitness is not guaranteed. And mm. he's finished anyway, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Like he's not he's not gonna start again. Um, probably will, he? And yeah. we're 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 now once again we're left with having to, to convert a winger into a striker to get yeah. by. That and like I, I think Bowen's done a great job as that striker. He's done a really good mm. job. But he'd be doing a better job if he was out in a wing where he's scored all of his goals. Um and that's why I want to see him play. Uh yeah. So all right, well, talk to me about Boniface then. 23, banging him in in the Bundesliga this season. Uh, correct me if I'm... It's either 16 in 10 or 10 in 16 <laughs> that he's got. Um, apologies. Yeah, you're the stats guru usually, but um, I know I read that earlier on. I'll get out while we're chatting. But um, I don't know. Do you like that signing? Um, or... Yeah, do you like that signing, or do you would be, you rather someone else, or have you seen anyone else we're linked to? Be completely honest, with you mate, I don't know anything about him. Hmm. Um, so couldn't possibly comment on whether he's good for us or not. Oh, that's fair. Uh, um, plays for Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Tim Starting yeah. used to work, there, of course, uh, doing well under um, Chabi Alonso this season. They're flying, aren't they, in the uh, in the Bundesliga, Leverkusen, and yeah. I've, to be honest, we've been—he's one of those we've been linked with many a time in the past. What are your thoughts on bringing a striker in in January? Because that's what Moise is obviously like wary of, isn't it? Is, is bringing someone in this month and trying to make it work? Yeah, it's ten goals in sixteen Bundesliga games this year, sixteen in twenty-three in all competitions. So banging them in twenty-three, good goal rate. The or will he just be another one with Haller and the rest of them? I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about. Don't know anything about him. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what like, what his style is. I, don't know. I mean, I'd be very surprised if he brought another player in that was the the, the Haller or Skamaka mold, <laughs> given that both of those have failed. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm surprised we've not gone back in for Brozier at Chelsea. Um, Babe, bring on out a bitch back. That's what I want. Well, this is this is what I'm going to talk about with Brozier because I think Brozier fits the exact mould of a striker that David Moyes likes. He's very on out of his like. Yeah. Um, Can't hit a barn door though, can he? <laughs> well, I mean, none of that. That kind of fits into can the striker score goals? No, right. The signing then, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of in the criteria. So, yeah. but I I just think he's a striker that I think would. Moyes will be able to get a lot out of and he's he'll get a lot more game time with us. Mm. Chelsea need to ship out a lot of players because they're going to break rules again. Yeah, I wouldn't mind um, that actually. He's Prem ready, isn't he? Sort of Prem ready. He's, he's done it for yeah. Southampton. He's, he's, he's scored a couple for Chelsea. Um, yeah. I just don't know why why we're not throwing, throwing everything at it because I think he's, yeah. he's he, he is the exact mould of a striker that Moyes likes and likes to utilise yeah. and he's available. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, if we do end up with Calvin Phillips, I, I think, I mean, he's a very, really, very good player. Yeah, uh, England international. You can't spend yeah. your nose up at it. Yeah, no, quite. And we're banging on about that and go, oh, you know, he's never playing. It's like, well, you can still be one of England's best football players, but be in the reserves at Manchester City. Like, 
you can be in the reserves at Man City and walk into most teams in the in the league. Um, so no, I would be I'd be pleased to have him. I just yeah, I just don't think we need that at the moment. But I suppose we would improve the squad, and if we're only going to be left with Bowen and Antonio up front anyway, then I, we might as well have a better midfielder, I suppose, <laughs> on the books. But uh, listen, Josie, anything else to add before we say bid farewell for two weeks? Uh, no, no, although. No, I just I'm looking forward to this period of the season out of the way because it feels very stop-start. The yeah. way that um, kind of we've gone from like to nine days in between the two Bristol City games, mm. and then we were a few days later we played Sheffield United, and then we got like ten days until the next one. It's all a little bit stop-start. I don't like it. Like, no, get, right. like, this, and this now we're in two weeks thinking. off. Yeah, yeah, the winter break thing can get in the bin. I don't, I don't like it. Just keep that. Stick, keep Germans. The Germans love it. Let them have it. Right, we don't want to do it. Right, we'll just play football every week. And get on with it. <laughs> Drive the ride the players, grind the players even into the ground. Well, listen, Josie, uh, we're having a winter break. That's what we'll call it. That's a good idea. We're we're doing it to combat fatigue. So we're in uh, fighting shape for the Euros for England this summer as well. Uh, thanks for joining us this week everyone uh hope you don't mind us having a couple of weeks off do wish us luck um we'll wish james luck with uh, venturing back into the world of work seeing if he takes to it again or if he's decided having his feet up and going for coffees and uh, yoga classes every morning is actually his calling so uh, yeah wish jonesy luck um don't wish me luck i'm just going on a really nice holiday that I'm really looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I mean, wish me luck because I'm flying Thursday. If Storm Aisha or whoever it is is still raging, then uh, wish me luck for that and wish me luck because uh, I'm about to go in and apologise to my girlfriend for not having ordered her dinner uh, when she got home because I wanted to be on time for James Jones. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget, please, while we're having two weeks off, uh, follow us on social media at we are underscore West Ham on Twitter. Get us on Instagram, we are West Ham Pod. We're on Facebook as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. That would be very nice indeed. Loads of you, way more of you listen and download this podcast every week than subscribe on YouTube. So, yeah, get over there and get stuck in. If you don't mind, if you fancy, that would be nice. Uh, buy us a pint if you want as well. Buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham and leave us a five-star review on all the platforms. One thing I will say, James, uh, thanks for everyone who's got in touch. You can email us as well, sorry, at wearewestampod at gmail.com. What I'd like to hear from, Jonesy, if anyone is listening now, 22nd of January 2024, if anyone's listening now still who used to listen to us on the radio show, uh, Love Sport Radio, which is where this podcast was born probably five or so years ago now, I think, Kind of the exact date, uh, but I'd be really intrigued to hear uh, if anyone's been listening to us since then, or if you feel like you're one of the longest serving We Are West Ham podcast listeners, uh, it'd be really cool to hear from you. So drop us a message um, on our Instagram or in the emails, like I said, we are West Ham pod at gmail.com, um, or on any of the socials to mine and James's personal ones if you fancy it. It'd be really nice to hear from you. Uh, but thanks everyone for listening. Uh, up the hammers we're still sixth in the league that's pretty good uh, a few big games coming up me and jones will be away for a couple of weeks we'll do what we can if we get a chance we will uh, we will post some stuff up um but expect not to hear from us for a couple of weeks thanks for listening west ham are massive 
Ireland Viva David Moyes. Good readance, Saeed Benrahma. And uh, yeah, West Ham massive up the hammers and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Sports Social Podcast Network.